0: And I am so glad you are here with us today, and I have a special treat for you. I'm gonna introduce you in a few minutes to my great friend, Dean Briggs, who is on the leadership of IHOP with uh, Mike Bickle. You might've heard of him before. He's a strategist in the kingdom of God, a coach and an itinerant minister. And I am excited to introduce you to him in just a few minutes. But before we go any further, I hope you caught the last few episodes because they were dynamic. I, I spoke to and interviewed an IDF soldier, um, Pastor Sasson, who is a Messianic pastor of one of the largest churches in Israel, Jerusalem. And he talked about, and we talked about how to deal with your trauma. So if you know anybody that has trauma in their lives and they're going through things that they're like, they have this paralyzed paralysis and they can't think beyond, they can't see beyond. And so they can't go beyond. Uh, so they they need to be healed. And there are ways that you can be healed and steps that you can take to come out of your past hurts, wounds, and traumas. So take a listen to that last week's And the week before that, I was talking to an evangelist. I call him an apostolic evangelist, Pastor Samuel from Pakistan. I wasn't able to share with you where he was uh, from on the interview. He alluded to it a little bit, but he talks about how he was kidnapped by the Taliban and all this kind of stuff. And it was amazing also. So we dealt with being Uh, in the will of the Father is the safest place for you to be, even if you're being captured by and kidnapped by the Taliban. (laughs) But anyway, so before that, ladies and gentlemen, before I was doing these interviews in Israel, uh, I did a whole series on the realities of the new creation. And that spurred where I'm going today. And that is the covenant. And I promised you that I would bring some experts on, on the on this topic of covenants. And so today, I'm bringing before you a friend of mine, and we were going to talk about covenants. And Dean came to our church in Desert Stream in 2018 and baked our noodles by sharing some things about the covenants of the Bible. And there are some people say five different types of covenants, and other people say there's seven different types of covenants in, uh, around that area. So, But that's not that important. We, we can get into some of the nitty gritties of that maybe another time. But um, he began to share something about karmic Christianity and, and how the covenant of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and, and all these things have to do with our modern day Christianity. But the thing is, is that we need to be living the new covenant. And something I want to share with you guys is, is one of the reasons why I want to do this, because the new covenant that that is in the New Testament, so all of the New Testament, is not the new covenant, but there are the new. The new covenant is in the New Testament, and we need to stop bringing some of the old covenant stuff from the old covenant, it, trying to put it in and force it into play in the new covenant. So the scripture that really spurred a lot of this on is Jeremiah chapter seventeen, verse nine. I'm just reading it on my computer here, screen it says, "The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked." That word is anus, meaning incurably sick. So here it is: the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? It's 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 incurably sick. The heart, before the new covenant, before Jesus Christ came and paid the price of the blood covenant and made the blood covenant, before that all happened, our hearts were desperately wicked and incurably sick. But then you have this prophetic statement here in ezekiel chapter 36 this is a prophetic scripture uh verse 36 verse uh, sorry chapter 36 verse 25 it says then i will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean i will cleanse you from all your filthiness from all your idols i will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you i will take the heart of stone out of you and your flesh and give you a heart of flesh I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. This is a prophetic scripture about the new covenant. So Dean Briggs, I've said a mouthful and now you're just gonna bring clarity to everything I've ever said on this podcast of all eight, all 109 of them. This is the 109th one. So Dean Briggs, uh, the audience of Wake Up in Your Dream.
1: Wow. Uh, Barry, first, thank you so much. I I just want to say thanks for letting me join you and and your audience. Um, uh, You know what, I I do this just to talk to you. You've become such a dear friend to me over the Uh last five plus years or so, and um, I'm so thankful for how the Lord has used you in my life. Thanks for making uh, time for this conversation together. And congratulations. I had no idea you had done 109 already.
0: This is the 109th. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And uh, we're getting up there. We're getting a few people are watching or are listening to us. So uh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm getting good
1: comments. So praise the Lord for that. Well, yeah. you know, I I I think that phrase karmic Christianity is valuable because we aren't quite sure what to do with it, and it means we have to wrestle with it a little bit uh we the average Christian should know that karma is not compatible with christ right uh, that that karma is a Hindu system that basically says what goes around comes around right and and uh and we know that we're when we move into relationship with God through the agency of the blood of his son, uh, by grace, you have been saved. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, right? Lest any man should boast Ephesians two, that is exactly the opposite of karma. Karma says, you get what you deserve. God says, I'm not going to give you what you deserve and I'm going to give you more than you deserve. And uh, it's uh, too good. And it's true. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> a- and yet, uh, because we don't really understand covenant and our discipleship in the church for hundreds of years has been a mixed bag of uh, theology, we don't realize how much we depend on karmic thinking.
0: Right.
1: In other words, one of the most common uh, 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 detrimental statements about the church is how judgmental we are. Wow. And it's hard to argue with that because in any given day in any given circumstance if if you're around a group of Christians and the weakness or failure of another Christian comes up mm-hmm. and then the difficulty they're going through right you know a guy had an affair on his wife and now his business is failing and his children hate him, right. or whatever the situation wow, may be. Wow, 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 yeah. And and what do we say? We'll say, well, he should have known better. You know, he's made his bed; he's got to lay in it. He's basically he's got what's coming to him. And that's an and Islamic
0: teaching as well.
1: What's that? That's an Islamic teaching as well. Oh yeah, it's well, it's all over. It's yeah. it's it's most represented in uh, the idea of karma, but it's actually in every religious. City. System, including the law yeah the law was a a karmic system in that it measured out uh, sin and punishment in equal doses now what the law did profoundly was reveal the righteous standard of god that runs the universe right the law of moses is uh it, it also was a corrective to the excesses of the pagan cultures that said you take my eye, I'll take your entire family out. And and so, so the law measured justice like to like. It said, no, an eye for an eye, right. a tooth for a tooth. Not you kill my cat and I'll wipe out your entire family. Right. Uh, it, it, it brought justice into uh, uh, appropriate measures. But it's also a karmic system. And why is karma so intuitively recognized in all the religious systems of the earth it's because it's based on moral law that is at the heart of how the the world is organized god is an ordered god he brought order out of chaos and there there is a moral system to the universe that these other systems are dialing into there really is something intuitive that says what a man sows he will reap That's scriptural. That's biblical seed time and harvest, right? Absolutely. So you can't plant a watermelon seed without reaping the watermelon. I shouldn't be surprised if I plant a tomato seed and get a tomato. I should be surprised if I plant a tomato seed and get a, a banana, right? Because there's a correspondence, there's a likeness, there's a predictability in the order and logic of God and the covenant with Moses at Sinai quantified that; it, and it quantified Exodus. and codified that.
0: Yeah, so that's this twenty,
1: right? That
0: begins at Exodus twenty.
1: Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So you have uh, this well over
1: two thousand years into yeah. human history, right? And then this
0: this covenant at Mount Sinai happens,
1: right? But prior to that, prior to the covenant with with uh with moses at sinai god already had a covenant with his friend abraham right and the covenant with abraham was a covenant without a curse it's so good the the covenant with abraham was nothing but blessing for abraham now there was a curse involved for those that touched god's friend right you touch abraham uh in a negative way and god will touch you in a negative way even but, when but,
0: abraham even when abraham was being um really
1: foolish cool, immature weak immature, sinful yeah yeah when, when he, he abraham was a uh, uh, a messed up man like everybody and yet god continued to walk with him in faithfulness and blessing and his promise to abraham was i'm going to bless you like crazy I'm going to bless you so much that anyone who blesses you, I'll bless them just because I'm so committed to you, which means if anyone curses you, I'll curse them. But that curse had nothing to do with Abraham. Abraham was not part of the curse. Abraham and his descendants were not part of the curse. It was those that sought to harm Abraham that were exposed to, to a curse, not Abraham himself. So Abraham walked in friendship with God in a, covenant based on friendship and blessing. And that relational dynamic meant God would work through Abraham's immaturity and sinful ways out of friendship and faithfulness in in the posture of still giving blessing while he refined and sanctified him. Not a, okay, here's how it works. You do this, well, I'll bless you. You do this poorly. I'll curse you. Yeah. That is introduced at Sinai. Right. And and the... Just, uh, uh, yep.
0: Hang just a, So yeah. the, the beautiful thing is that we have been grafted into the line of Abraham, not into the line of Moses. Exactly. This, that is so key here. When, when we, you know, part of the uh, covenant that we have with Jesus Christ and to the Father... Part of that has to do with this beautiful Abrahamic covenant that he made that we were grafted
1: into. Absolutely. When it talks about we've been made heirs according to the promise, that and many other passages are directly referring to the promise made to Abraham in the Abrahamic covenant. That was a covenant of... What's that? To his seed forever. And to his seed and, and, and Paul actually, in two different passages, he makes the point that the seed is singular, Christ, Christ. and that the seed is plural, us. Yeah. And so in Christ, Christ re- regains the full stature of that blessing by satisfying the penalty of the curse that was introduced in the Mosaic Covenant. And reconnects us by satisfying the curse in the Mosaic covenant. He reconnects us to the blessing of Abraham's covenant. Come on. So, did you
0: hear that? Did you hear that? That's what Jesus did. This is so, that's why we're on this topic of the covenants. Cause you need to understand where you're standing and the benefits that you have as this new creation, royal priesthood, royal nation, royal race that you have become. Amen. Amen.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, you know the the i mean the 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 giveaway the the big picture to summarize is we accidentally live in karmic christianity without realizing it yeah. because any law based performance based system is karmic now the reality is karma is as a as a hindu system is trying to appropriate the religious control mechanism that right. it, that Uh, out of a demonic inspiration that is leveraging the 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 moral code of god against humans it's actually doing it in a destructive way the what god brought with moses was trying to illuminate the righteous standard of god but also to illuminate that no man can satisfy that there's only one in human history that's ever done that ever and that was christ So the law of Moses brought humanity under uh, um, a, a bondage for a time to clarify that we can't actually do that. We have to have another way of relating to God. And yet, because we use the word covenant, old covenant, new covenant, Davidic covenant, Noahic covenant, Abrahamic covenant, Mosaic covenant, the new covenant, We use that, and we basically think all covenants are the same. Mm -mm. And and so we blur it all together, and we think the new covenant is kind of like a Tide commercial. It's, you know, uh, anytime a new product comes out, it's new and improved. But basically, it's the old, just with a little bit of new stuff added. And, And we have that mentality, okay, we're in the new covenant, but really, that's just Moses plus Jesus. Right. And that is where we get so messed up. We make it our task to satisfy Moses and obey Moses and think that somehow we are in Christ. But Paul to the Galatians makes a radically different argument. He said, you try to do it that way, and you're actually cutting yourself off from Christ. You can't be in Moses and be in Christ if you're in Moses, you will have satisfied. I mean, if you're in Christ, Christ has satisfied Moses. Yeah. You can't satisfy Moses, only Jesus can. Right. Your goal is not to be in Moses, it's to be in Christ. But instead, we are preaching endless sermons. I'm so appreciative that you're preaching this. We need a hundred million preachers mm-hmm.
0: to start talking
1: about the new creation. Out of a new covenant understanding, Barry, you cannot be a new creation under the old covenant. You cannot, that's the simple fact. You cannot be a new creation under the old covenant, and yet we have so many messengers and messages that are trying to proclaim the glories of the new creation, yeah, out of a fulfillment of the old covenant. Yeah, as in, in other words, we're discipling people to somehow be new creations. By achieving the old covenant, you can't. The old covenant has to to be completely brought to death in you in Christ. So good. And then out of that, you are resurrected into his life. That's the only hope of being a new creation.
0: Yeah, amen. Well, in, in the old law, so there's about 1,200 or 1,400 years in which the old covenant ruled in the Old Testament. So it's that law part of the 613 Levitical laws that everyone has to keep, including the 10 commandments. And we are arguing that we need the 10 commandments and we want them on the, the doorposts or whatever of our building. But yet we, as new creation, we are, st- we are not underneath that. that that's yep. not part of, that is what has passed away. And now we have this new covenant, but even in the New Testament, there are 1050 laws that you should follow. So I mean, it is a it is a conundrum that you go from one law system into another law system. And we think if we could just not be angry and we, if we, if we can do this and do this, and, and all the different things that Paul says you need to do. But if you don't do them out of the one law of Christ, which is love, and we're gonna get into that more, but it it is. We, we get, the, and I can see why people get so confused of what I, okay, so if I do this, then I'm going to, I'm going to be a good person. If I do that, I'm going to be successful. If I do, and none of it is really relevant unless you have the change of the heart and you have the spirit of righteousness. And we preach, and we've talked about this, Dean, on the phone sometimes, how that we're preaching to people to keep the commandment of Christ without having the spirit of Christ on the inside of it, it's impossible.
1: It's impossible. Absolutely impossible. Yeah. We, um, the, the idea that we are, well, first let's address, I don't, I don't have a problem. I think it it can be a statement of the commitment to virtue of a nation. You put the, the, the 10 commandments on a courthouse that's pointing to the, the righteous heritage of the Judeo-Christian ethic right. at a legal, uh, uh, the moral foundations of society, the foundations of a legal system, uh, the, what, what, what creates civilization that is actually civil uh, is to recognize that there is a moral order to the universe, and that has been defined and it's a statement of the intentionality of a society to say that's that that we are looking to God and his declarations of right and wrong to determine how society is to be ordered. And at the same time, we have to recognize that that is a different, the civil organization of society is a different uh, uh A structure than my internal workings as a human being in the discipleship and sanctification process with God, which is meant to be relational, not legal. And when I, when I turn to, uh, uh, the, the, all of the, the laws you're describing to define Mm -hmm. my righteousness and you do that to define yours. And we teach everybody else to do that. It's no wonder that we end up becoming judgmental lawyers with each other yeah. because we're com- continually evaluating our own righteousness based on how well we've satisfied those laws. And we're condemning others based on how poorly they have satisfied those. And now we're in karmic Christianity. We aren't living according to mercy or truth or love. Listen, Jesus said in Romans ten four 4, uh, Paul said, that Christ is the end of the law. Yes. Now we, we get confused here. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to those who believe. Yeah. People hear a message like this and, and, and they say, well, you're saying Jesus ended the law and Jesus said the law will never end. Not a jot or tittle will be you know, removed until you, your righteousness has to exceed the Pharisees. And absolutely, all that. Jesus did not end the law he ended the law for righteousness. Jesus is the end of the path of law for humans to achieve righteousness. Instead, we're back to Abraham. If you you believe, Jesus ended the law for righteousness to those who believe. So if I choose to believe and stay in faith, now I am living according to Abraham's righteousness who believed and it was credited to him as righteousness. Right. And the great challenge is the, the law, the, the covenant with Abraham and the covenant with Moses coexist even today. So I can choose which covenant I want to relate to God under. If I choose to stay in the covenant of grace that Christ has offered, that reconnects me to the blessing of Abraham, I have to do that by faith. And that means I lay it all on the line. When I fail, uh, my appeal to God is not, God, I'm going to get this right. I'm going to get this fixed. Watch me. I'm serious. I'm going to deal with my sin. No, that is actually a karmic appeal to Moses that I am going to obey that commandment and reap the blessing of it. Instead, my, my declaration constantly in prayer is, Jesus, you alone are my righteousness. Yeah. And even now, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I continually clothe myself with Christ. I put on Christ thinking. I, I, I put on the, the provision of Christ. I appeal to that satisfying work of redemption that he did, and I stay in faith and yeah. live in the reward of that which is imputed righteousness imparted righteousness and the blessing that god gives christ he gives to me not because i did it right but because jesus is worthy come on now
0: it's in in um i think it's romans chapter 6 verse 4 uh where it says that we're reunited together with him that's the greek word symphon symfon- uh symphontus.
1: symphonio
0: yeah and it means united together through the whole process. So, right. I mean, the whole, I mean, you can you can expand that as far as you have faith for it, but I mean, at the very least, you are united together in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection, and in, in his ascending, and that's why it says we are seated in heavenly places far above all principalities and powers of darkness, and we're ruling and reigning from there. And that, you know, even has to do with spiritual warfare. I'm not trying to bust through the, the skies of bronze and the gates of brass or whatever you want to call them, and I'm trying to get my answer through. And and, and here's another one, Dean, that really kind of gets me, gets my blood boiling, is when people talk <laughs> about Daniel and how he prayed and it took 21 days. I mean, we're this is an old covenant teaching where he prayed and then 21 days finally Michael the archangel came through and broke through. No, I'm seated In heavenly places far above all principalities like we want to preach the the things about david and the warfare and facing goliath and i you know what do we do with scriptures like colossians chapter two verse 11 through 15 where it says the enemy has been stripped of all of his authority at the cross jesus said it was finished the payment was made and we have been restored into dominion the very dominion that Jesus purchased with his blood and body, we need to begin to walk in it. And the ecclesia, that is you, every listener, that is a born-again believer, you are the w- ruling force on this planet. You need to take your place. Where's your place? Seated with Christ, in Christ Jesus. You have become, you are no longer a dirty, rotten, scumbag sinner saved by grace. Stop saying that. You are not a sinner. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus seated in heavenly places and coming down with answers into this realm. So that whole thing that we, we need to understand, this is the clarity that people need to have so that they can live a more victorious life. Amen. We need a,
1: we need a paradigm shift for sure, because you can only believe to the limits of your revelation. Oh, so good. And, and it's most revelation, not
0: just dissemination of information, it has to right. be revelation.
1: And we have discipled generations for hundreds of years into a revelation of the righteousness that comes by law. Right. We, we have, we, it's so, it's so interesting, Barry, because we, uh, we know and proclaim the entire Protestant Reformation was a correction to. The the law based karmic system of Roman Catholicism, which you earned salvation by works, and so the uh, the Roman the the Protestant Reformation corrected that out of Romans out of Ephesians. It's the passage I quoted earlier. Salvation is by grace through faith. Right. Uh, it's not a result hands. of works. What?
0: Can I, can just interrupt you for just a quick yeah. second. Let's yep. go back all the way back to Const, um, Constance. Constantine. Yes, Constantine. Um, yeah. And so this is the problem when you try to legislate righteousness. So he said everybody must be a Christian. So it's like a lot of these Islamic states around the world. A lot of the people are, aren't, aren't believing in Islam. They just say that they're Islamic so that they can get a job. You know, we see Islamic states and, and we see what they're doing. Is it solving the problem? Is legislating, you know, clothing and legislating, you know, what you can do and what you cannot do. It does not bring um, uh, prosperity or, or or better society when you're legislating righteousness. I know we need rules and regulations. And you mentioned that you're OK with the Ten Commandments being up there because it's a monument of remembering uh, you know the foundations of our Judeo-Christian heritage, and and the laws that govern society. Uh, by by the law of the land and the law of the courts and things like that, that are all based off of biblical principles. and But the thing is, you can't legislate a revival. You can't right. legislate the spirit of righteousness. It has to be this personal and intimate thing and an ongoing relationship with the creator of all would he purchase for accessibility too.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the entire... Uh, uh, the entire contrast between the old and the new is the old system of righteousness was scribed on stone. It had no ability to be internalized. It was uh, uh, written by the finger of God on the hard substance of stone. And it was a picture of the, the, the hard, the hardness of the human heart, when it strives to achieve that law externally with no internal resource for transformation, the, the law, the problem with the law, Hebrews, uh, 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 it says God found fault with the law. Why? Because he himself gave it as a perfect revelation of his righteousness, but the law supplies no power to achieve what it demands. And so, in that sense, it is a guaranteed system of condemnation.
0: Right.
1: Well, that the letter, is the, the letters point. Of death. The that letters that of is death. the point. Absolutely. Yeah. We 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 look at this, and people get confused because it sounds like we're saying then the law was bad, or that the law was God's trick, or that the law was somehow uh, uh, unrighteous. No, the law is perfect and righteous. There's so many passages that glorify and celebrate the revelation of the law, and rightly so, because by it, we know the depths to which Christ alone achieves righteousness on our behalf behalf. and imputes it to us. And we look at that and say, he does that for me, and now that's who I am before God. It is glorious. The law is a glorious revelation of the perfection of God that we inherit in Christ. But the moment I try to achieve it in myself, I place myself in the posture of having to be perfect enough to achieve it, or it will condemn me. And inevitably, it condemns everybody, which is also the gift of the law so that no man is left outside of the understanding that he needs a savior. Wow. Wow. So good. We, this, it is,
0: like I said earlier, it's so too good, and it is true. And the, 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 no, the new covenant, and this is the, ladies and gentlemen, this is what we need. We need a, a revelation, which is the Greek word apocalypto. And even when it says in Revelation chapter one, it says the revelation of Jesus Christ. The, the book of Revelation, just on a book of Revelation, is not necessarily first an eschatological book. It's not a study of the end times. It is literally the revealing of Jesus Christ. And what we need is the revealing of what Jesus did for us. And it is time that Jesus gets what he paid for and that is our victory in this life our victory that we that has been purchased for us our victory that Jesus is loved loving us into and we need to live this life and we need to come out of our past life self image information and that includes that whole karmic idea that we're going to get what we what, what we paid for and we're going to you know seed time and harvest and all these different things so uh i father god i thank you today for all the people that have been thank listening you. today father god i'm so grateful for uh what we've discussed and and i thank you lord god for this this um uh, Even our time that Dean and I have been sharing today, Lord God, and stirring us up in the good things of the Lord. And Father God, we are just remembering today everything that Jesus did for us. And Father God, we just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you did. Thank you that we are new creations. Thank you that we are born again. We're born of heaven. We're born from above, and we're born of the Spirit. I thank you, Lord God, that we are seated in heavenly places far above all principalities and powers of darkness. I thank you, Lord God, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus on our worst day. And Father God, because of that, we can now live holy lives because we have the spirit of righteousness on the inside of us. And we say, Thank you, Lord. And Father God, I pray for every listener right now, everyone that is listening on this podcast today, that they would receive a revelation, that there would be a revealing of the goodness of God. There would be a revealing of the new covenant promises. There would be a revealing of the promises of God that are still yes and amen to them that believe. Yes. And I speak to you right now. Receive the gift of, of grace right now to become a believer. You are a believer. You are not a doubter and you are not a critic. You are a believer in the promises of God that are yes and amen. Hallelujah. So if you have any um, parting comments you would want to say before we finish this, this uh, podcast and. No, you know,
1: I, I, I think the, the, the parting comment would be Paul told the Galatians as you received Christ. So walk in him. Mm -hmm. And that's such an obvious statement that we miss the significance of it. You come to him Out of your need for a righteousness greater than your own, you come to him in faith, receiving what he gives that you cannot achieve. You come to him by grace through faith. Don't quit walking that way. Don't receive something. Don't start your journey and then proceed on your journey in a different mode. Don't start with Jesus and then follow Moses. Right. Don't start with Jesus and then obey, uh, then uh, seek to achieve your own righteousness. It, we we got to walk and talk the way we start our journey. And the whole journey is that delightful relationship with Christ. And so I, I just think that's where we're, that's where we're going. If we do another episode... I think we'll uh, just look at more passages in this regard.
0: Amen. Can you just lead us in a prayer and and a blessing over all the leaders and, and a grace that you, they could step into that. Yeah, absolutely. There might be people that aren't even believers that are, are watching this right now. So yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: God, I thank you that you have done something so earth shattering, so climactic and history pivoting that you have, uh, Every religious system, every attempt of man to achieve nirvana, paradise, uh, 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 salvation, righteousness in our own power that is destined to fail. You have come and wiped the slate clean in Christ and said, here's a free gift. Take it. Here is a free gift of fellowship with me. Here is a free gift of righteousness. Here is a free gift of divine unending uh, uh, life eternal that I just ask that you would radically reorient the body of Christ to the drama and splendor and grandeur of that gift. I ask that we would no longer be a mixed people of law and grace oh, God. Uh, of, of Moses and Jesus, but that we would see Jesus as the greater Moses Not the new and improved, but the total answer to everything that was prophesied. The prophets and the law all point to Jesus. I'm asking for a radical Jesus-centered people, a radical Mm gospel-centered people, and that the the leaders of the body of Christ, the preachers and teachers and messengers of the body of Christ would become gripped by the singularity and simplicity of that gospel, that you would uh uh uh, break the shackles of karmic christianity off our minds give us a paradigm shift and immerse us fully into the uh the the life and joys of fellowship with god by grace through faith god do it release your spirit across the earth to achieve this in such a uh, such a way we can't even imagine right now but i'm asking you to do it in jesus name Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We receive that. And so
0: Dean, um, if people want to learn more about covenants, uh, you have teaching yeah. that they can buy online.
1: Where can they? Yeah, get- I've got I, I've got uh uh courses online that really go a deep dive into this, Barry. They uh, okay. uh, if you go deanbriggs.com slash courses, Dean Briggs how do you spell Briggs? b-r-i-g-g-s d-e-a-n-b-r-i-g-g-s two g's dot com slash courses there's a menu button at the top that says courses that'll take you to the page there's two courses in particular the total superiority of the new covenant it's over 10 hours of teaching and uh, the power of your new creation life 12 hours of teaching they're broken up into seven to 15 minute chunks so they're short little messages, oh, perfect. they're study notes, companion booklets, but I, 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 the, the people that have gone through these courses, they just talk about a radical shift of their thinking. They read scripture differently, they relate to God differently, and and it just totally emancipates the the mind and heart to have confidence in God's love in a way that uh, we, we so easily come under condemnation. These courses will radically reset oh, your it. life. And so, uh, yeah, I encourage people to get them. They're they're deep dives that will change your world. So www.deanbriggs.com
0: slash courses. <laughs> Uh, courses okay. And yeah. uh, how can people sow into your ministry? Is there a place that they can go to PayPal or something? Sure,
1: yeah. I mean, if, if people want to give directly, they can go to paypal.me, yeah, paypal.me slash Dean yeah. Briggs Ministries, plural Dean Briggs Ministries, paypal.me slash Dean Briggs Ministries, and that would be a, a beautiful yeah. because the, uh, dean, gift.
0: not only does he work at IHOP. Uh, and on the leadership team and strategy there, uh, strategist there. But he's also an itinerant minister. And so um, he needs some support. And I just, I'd recommend him to my listeners, to you listeners to support him any way you can and get on there and buy those courses and get your life changed. But this is Barry Miracle. And if you want to learn more about our ministry, just go to barrymiracle.ca. And I have a website there with all kinds of words that I have for this year and the shift and and things that happened with the queen and and how you're going to see leadership around the world begin to change and get ready for the greatest move of the spirit this planet has ever seen. This is where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the Ecclesia to arrive and take his place but you got to know your rights and privileges as a new covenant believer and so this is what we're dealing with this covenant series so love you all until next week this is barry miracle signing off for now bye-bye thanks again for joining us today on wake up into your dream my great friend tony fitzgerald would say you have two great days in your life the day you were born and the day you discovered why In these podcasts, I'm hoping this is true, that you are having aha moments and great moments of getting introduced to the true you because your whole world is waiting for the authentic you to show up. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please go to www.barrymiracle.ca. You can check out my book, Wake Up Into Your Dream. You can connect. You can see where we're going to be live in the future, and uh, you can just connect with us then. But this is Barry Miracle, your dream coach, signing off for now. We'll talk to you next week.